0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Ryans and let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Frontier Gentleman. Original air date is August 10th, 1958 and the title is The Catman. Hope you enjoy, and again, thanks for listening.
4: I left Cheyenne without my luggage, and in company with a wild Irishman, and his even wilder cargo of freight.
2: Frontier Gentlemen! Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you the latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen.
5: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Whether your marriage license is brand new or your wedding ring is worn thin over the years, you'll get a kick out of every light-hearted episode of CBS Radio's The Couple Next Door. Written by Peg Lynch, creator of Ethel and Albert, The Couple Next Door is a warm and humorous series about a young married couple. Just for the fun of it, join us on most of these same stations five days a week as Peg Lynch and Alan Bunn star as CBS Radio's The Couple Next Door. <laughs> Starring John Daner. This is the story of J.B. Kendall, frontier gentleman.
4: Cheyenne, Wyoming territory had been good to me, and when I decided to leave, I informed the people at my hotel, packed my little bag of belongings and dropped by Carrie Chase's office to thank him for his kindnesses. From there, I went to the stage station and made arrangements for my departure. Having several hours' wait, I took a last turn around the town. I thought I had visited all of the saloons in search of people and stories from my column in the London Times. I was wrong. I had missed Dan's bloody bucket, a scant four blocks from the center of town. I shall never forget Dan, nor his bloody bucket.
3: To play jersey, you? All right then, Mr.
4: Dunn. The man shouting was small, wearing a derby hat pulled low over shaggy eyebrows. He was holding a gigantic cat in his left arm, while with his right hand he was tugging a length of chain from beneath the folds of a swallowtail coat. He was facing a great brute of a man who was waving a broken whiskey bottle at him. Behind him, out of sight, another man was approaching with pistol-butt raised. The odds against the little man were more than I could stand. Look out
6: behind you! Oh, you save us! A saint has arrived. Oh, no, you don't blight her. Hey, you want to get in the stranger? The troops has arrived, you shilly-shally mucky-buck.
4: man seems to need a friend. You better move on, or what's going to happen to him will happen to you.
6: Oh, the devil, the cat, the princess, she's jumped out of the arms. Grab her, saint. Oh,
5: no, you won't.
4: Oh, no, you shouldn't have done that.
5: Grab him!
3: Gee, grab the stranger. I'll get him. Oh, I'll get him
6: right it. now. Ah! Oh, oh you've yeah. done it, Saint. You've done it. Now grab the cat. I'll swing me chain over these two. Grab her! What? The princess, the cat grabber, lad. Oh, who? who, who She's going by, Clabberhead. Oh, yes, yes, yes.
4: Here you go, princess.
6: Ah! I,
4: uh, uh, she's not friendly. All right, all
6: right. Here now, here now, cat princess. Rattle now and make friends later. I, I, stop it, I say, stop it. I've got her. I've got her. Now let's get out of here. They're beginning to come around. Run, run. Where? Where should we run? Out the door to the wagon. They won't never come near me, chain. Now watch the cat. Don't let it get away. Now run. It's straight with you. Ah, no. now the cat. The cat into the box. Hurry, hurry. I, hurry. Uh,
4: there you go, lovey. It. It.
6: Hey, How you come on your high roarin' hump tail? How hey, you? hey, you?
4: Ah, it's Dan. He's shooting.
6: It's never again you'll see me down at the bloody bucket. Never. And the same to all of you. Sunder corruption.
2: Six times a week, here at the Star's Address, you'll find that the shortest distance between two smiles is the Amos and Andy Music Hall. For one thing, there's always a sparkling tune or two to give your spirits a lift. The guest list reads like a textbook in applied astronomy. And of course, right at the heart of all the lighthearted things that happen at the Music Hall are the one and only two Amos and Andy. Tomorrow and every Monday through Saturday, on most of these same stations, listen for the Amos and Andy Music Hall.
4: The little man drove at a most fantastic rate of speed. I sat in silence atop the wagon seat, holding my hat down with one hand, while the other clutched the side for support. Our exit was punctuated by the princess hurling herself at my bottom side in magnificent rages and I was thankful for the barrier of wood between us. In the bed of the wagon were numerous large crates full of cats of all sizes and colors. There seemed to be no one in pursuit, and after some minutes, the little man slowed the wagon, and without looking at me, he painfully lit a pipe. I presumed we were now somewhere in the barren area between Wyoming Territory and the Dakotas.
6: Perils of the trade, my boy. I would say. Ah, you've done a grand thing, lad. The princess there is the start of a whole new race she is. I had to have her. What?
4: You mean the the
6: princess belonged to Dan? <laughs> and what did you think, huh? Then, then I help you steal the cat? Oh, touch, touch. You merely laid Dan a blow. He'll not be forgetting. But you you said grab the cat. I thought she belonged to you. Don't let the technicalities bother you. It is a proper thing you've done. Uh, I don't understand. I, I supplied Cheyenne with her cats in the first place, and I reserved the right to have access, as it were, to uh, to their progeny.
4: I see. And if Dan
6: pursues us, then what? Well, if me luck holds, he won't find us. And if it doesn't? Never bother, trouble, me lad. Look at me, lad. Yes? You have a bit of England in you. Why? Yes, as a matter of fact. Ah, oh, my worst fears. What did you say your name was? I didn't. It, it's Kendall. J.B. Kendall. Ah, uh, and I thought the saints had smiled. My name is Kerrigan, Shane Kerrigan. And you might as well have it straight out. I'm an Irishman. Uh, what's your business, Kendall?
4: I write stories concerning the West for the London Times.
6: Oh, that is a good town, London. I was there once when I was a mere boy. Good, good, good town. Too bad it's so full of the English.
4: <laughs> Mr. Kerrigan, I'd be indebted to you if you'd tell me something about yourself for my readers. Uh, oh, oh,
6: wait a minute. Will you stop your blather, pussycats? It <clears throat> was on a bright summer morning when the birds sweetly sang on each bough, that I first saw me Kathleen Mavornian. ...as she sat a-milking uh, her cow. Ha. Ah,
4: there. It's a miracle.
6: Now, Kendall, uh, uh, what uh, what did you wanted to know about?
4: Yes, this cat business of yours. I was going to ask, how does it work?
6: Oh, very simple. I'm on my way to save Deadwood at this time.
4: Save Deadwood?
6: I have 62 cats, 62 furry creatures in the proper positions... And the town will be rid of its varmints in a matter of hours.
4: And you intend to sell your cats?
6: That I do. At ten dollars a head.
4: Ten dollars? People pay ten dollars for them?
6: Now, where have you been, Mr. Kennedy? Do you not know that civilization rises or falls according to the number of cats in the towns and villages?
4: But I just never thought of it.
6: <laughs> the great plague in Europe was due to the shortage of cats.
4: I suppose you're right.
6: Of course I am
4: well, when you get to Deadwood, just how do you plan to go about the uh, the sale of your cats?
6: Uh, I uh, I have a staunch friend there, dear, dear Margaret. I shall make me headquarters with this lovely lady, and soon the word will spread that I have arrived with
4: my cats. And will this uh, this lady
6: appreciate your coming in with all this, this baggage? Uh, it'll take a bit of doing me, boy, I don't deny that. But Miss Margaret has had an eye for Chain Carrigan these many years. Before tis done, she'll embrace me and me cats. Yeah.
4: Well, I'd rather like to ride along, if you don't mind.
6: Oh, tis welcome you are. Pay hey up there, little one. You've rested long enough, you? Your horse. She seems to love her work. <laughs> that she does. Oh, twas on a bright summer morning... Oh, and the birds sweetly sing in each bow that I first saw McPathley in my... Uh Uh-oh. That'll be Dan, the tenacious one. Higher, girl. Higher. uh, We'll give him a run for his dust.
4: I turned in my seat, and sure enough, it was Dan on horseback, accompanied by another rider. Mr. Kerrigan clamped his jaw on his pipe, leaned forward, and the wagon
6: flew across the rocky ground. Is he there, Kendall? Can you still see the hayden? Yes! He's closer! Jane! You might as well stop! Stop! Are you daft? I wouldn't stop with the devil himself! Get along there! up.
4: Then it happened. A rock, half as big as the horse, loomed up in the road. Jane Kerrigan couldn't miss it. Look out! We're going to hit Jane.
7: ever see so many cats in the air at one time? There's only
6: one cat I'm looking for. Oh, me heart, I've had it this time. Me heart can't take no
4: more. Are you... Are you all right, Mr. Kerrigan?
6: No, I'm dead and dying. The wagon's across my leg.
2: I came for Uh, my cat, you old goat. where is she?
6: Kendall, how's me horse and cat? The horse... Horse is all
4: right, but the crates are broken and the cats are scattering. Are
6: you listening to me? I want that cat. She was the best mouser in Cheyenne.
4: Now you see here. See here, Dan, whatever your name is. Can't you see this old gentleman is hurt? Now give me a hand. We'll get the wagon off him.
5: You ought to do it, Dan. Your cat
4: ain't worth killing, though, old fella.
6: I ain't helping nothing. It's a cat I come for and I'm going to get.
4: And I say you're going to help me. Here.
6: No, no, cat, let, let him go. It's me dying wishy she take the cat. Dan! Dan, you can see they've all scattered to the winds. Find yours and take her.
3: I'm going to
2: do just that.
6: Come on, Jake. Let's find her before she gets lost. Uh,
3: Wait. I'll need
6: help moving this man. No, 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 no. Are you daft? What about the princess? The wagon
4: box is still closed. Oh, good, good. What about you?
6: The kind of help I need the likes of them can't give. Now, come on. Give me a hand here.
4: All right, I'll try. Now, uh, when I lift it... You try to pull yourself out.
6: Oh, yes, yes. Now, up.
3: Uh, How you doing? Oh,
6: there. Oh. oh, Kendall, she's bent. Oh, my leg is bad. Yes, yeah.
4: let me help you. Oh,
6: may I be forgiven an Englishman keeping me. It is more important to get the cats back. Whew. Now, break out the tripe and liver. They can smell it for miles. Then whilst they're coming in, we can make our repairs and be off for dead wood. <coughs>
3: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
5: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Whatever happened to, uh, what's his name? You know who I mean. That hypertense newsman who reported every wild rumor he ever heard. Now, we don't know what happened to him, but we can tell you that reliable newsmen like Larry LaSur, Lowell Thomas, and all of their colleagues at CBS News are still very much preferred by listeners everywhere. Five nights a week, Larry Lasour and Lowell Thomas broadcast the news on most of these same stations. Interestingly enough, their consistently accurate and carefully detailed reports provide much more excitement than cheap sensationalism ever could.
4: It was true... The tripe and liver could be smelled upwind, downwind, probably in Deadwood itself. The cats came streaming in, and with each group I expected to see Dan and his friend, but we had seen the last of them. Mr. Kerrigan was considerably lamed by the accident, but managed to move about amazingly well. I made all the necessary repairs to the wagon and the crates, and by morning we were underway. We finally arrived at Deadwood. Which had the look of all boom towns, a long, narrow street with wooden frame structures along the sides. The dwelling of Miss Margaret turned out to be a large saloon with upstairs lodging quarters. It was called simply Maggie's Place. You're certain this is it, Mr. Kerrigan?
6: Oh, oh. Aye, this is it. You go tell Miss Margaret. Chain Kerrigan is sick and wounded and needs lodging. All right. Lively with you now. Uh.
1: Hi, Howdy, mister Can I help you?
4: Why, yes, I believe you can
1: I think I'd like to My name's Charlie Have I seen you here before?
4: No, I don't believe so I'm looking for Miss Margaret
1: Miss Margaret (laughs) Sure you are Hey, Maggie. Yeah? There's a fella here who wants to see you. Well, send him over. Don't forget me. Charlene. Mr. Mr.
4: Uh, Kendall. Kendall. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's Maggie over there. The big fat one at the end of the
7: bar. I'll be around if you want to buy me a drink later
4: All on. All right, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you.
7: Max, you can change to the bad whiskey now. Nobody will know the difference. Well, hello, stranger. What can I do for you?
4: I'm looking for a lodging. Not a chance,
7: not a no chance. We've been full up for weeks. Ain't you heard about the strike at Gold Run Gulch?
4: And no, I just arrived. No, this was for a friend of mine. He's outside. You know him, Mr. Chain Kerrigan?
7: Chain? Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Charlene! What? Yeah. Fix up the good room for a friend of mine and hurry it up!
4: Maggie almost cried at the sight of chain cradled in my arms as I carried him up to the room prepared for him. There, lying back on the bed, he lifted a hand feebly toward me.
6: Oh, Kendall, good lad, would you be about bringing up me, uh, me luggage? Oh, the poor, poor man you mean you want all uh, yes 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 all of them and and, and don't forget the, the the rations
7: it's most important lad now go why do you bother the poor ailing man with the trivialities now bring up his baggage as he says There's a back way, and it won't bother no one. Oh, Margaret, come to me, Sigh. Yes, yes, love. Now, what is it? Are you sure I'm not imposing on you? Well, now, what kind of a woman do you take me for? Oh, oh, Margaret, darling. It's worth the whole trip and trouble and the accident to my leg just to get back and and look into your eyes. Go to sleep, sweetheart. And you can have your friend Kendall right here with you.
4: Oh, no. I I mean... uh... It'll be rather crowded here. I can find a place.
7: How can it be crowded? Two men in a big room like this? Well,
4: maybe not. I just hate to... uh...
7: That's the end of it right now. I'll have another bed set in for you.
4: (sighs) Thank you. That's very nice of you. Look at him, Mr. Kendall.
7: Poor man has fallen asleep. And we stand here, John, in front of him. Come on, come away. Oh, uh, before you go, darling... Uh, would
6: you be sending up four fingers of your best whiskey? For me,
7: Well, of course. I'll have Charlene bring it right away. You can see, Mr. Kendall. Nobody understands Chain Kerrigan like I do. I guess he's told you, hasn't he? The reason he's come back to Deadwood is to marry me. <laughs>
4: Nobody saw me staggering up the back steps with crate after crate of cats. As for Chain, he busied himself drinking the liquor provided for him and instructed me to release and feed the cats. Eventually, it was over, and we finally got settled down, in a manner of speaking. But in the morning, the swarm had to be fed all over again. Ah, It's uh, quite a job, isn't
6: it? It is a labor of love, my boy. Did uh, did Miss Margaret see you bringing our uh, friends in last evening?
4: No, no, she didn't. uh, But what do you plan to do about selling them now, crippled up the way you are?
6: I have a plan, Kendall, a wee bit of a plan.
7: Chain Love, it's Margaret with your breakfast. Can I come in? Oh, please do, darling. Well, did you sleep well? Oh! What goes on here? Get out! Get out! Oh, Go on. Yes, now, yes, Margaret, yes. Sir, Margaret, you've lost control of oh, yourself So this is the way you thank me, Jane Kerrigan Well, you can get out too What? I'll not have this kind of a mess Go on. Yes. Yes. Oh, Margaret, yes. Margaret, come to me, side love I'll come to your side I'll take an axe
6: to you But it's my business, love, selling cats I told you that when I was here before
7: Yes, yes, you told me but I don't expect you to let him a place with him. Uh, <laughs>
4: uh, possibly I could help in some manner. <laughs>
7: you can, Mr. Kendall. You can open the back door for Chain Carrigan and his
6: gap. Have you been told last you're lovelier than ever when you're shouting like that? Oh, get him out. Margaret, now, would you be allowing $620 to walk out the
7: back way? I don't care how much money you. Uh, what? <clears throat> How much did you say? 62 cats? Not counting
6: the princess, of course. I could never sell her. She's my breeding stock. 62 cats at $10 apiece. That's $620. Now, Mr. Kendall, a man with that much money could support himself and a loved one for a good long time, now, could he not? Why, yes. I suppose he could, Mr. Kerrigan. Uh, Margaret, sir, have you ever thought
7: of marriage? A woman of your beauty and accomplishments? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I... uh, Jane, Jane, you're proposing to me, ain't you? I knew that's why you'd come back.
6: <laughs> now, when me leg heals and I'm able to get about and sell the cats, then I can make the plans closest
7: to me heart. Oh, <laughs> Jane, I got an idea. Oh, what is it, beauty? I'll sell the cats for you. No, no, you can't mean it. Now, how would you be doing that? Why, they'll buy. They'll buy or else. Who, who'll buy? My uh, my clientele. I have a certain power here in Deadwood, as you know, Chain, and they'll buy from me. Well, oh, but if it, if it wasn't for me, Leg, I, I, I wouldn't let you do oh, this. Oh, don't worry about your leg. By tomorrow, you'll have $620, and I'll have the preacher come by in the afternoon. Now, what do you say to that, Chain?
6: Oh, uh, one thing at a time, Margaret, one thing at a time. Now, uh, uh, how would you be going about selling those cats? Oh! <laughs>
4: That was the last I saw of Chain Kerrigan. I found a room for myself in town, lay on the bed for a moment, and... Well, it was the next morning before I awoke. I rushed over to Maggie's place. Above her own sign, there was another one. It said, Cat Sale, get yours now. On the door of the saloon itself, there was another sign saying, Closed. I knocked, and Charlene, the girl I had first met at Maggie's, came to the door.
1: Hello, Mr. Kendall. I'm sure glad to see you this morning, but y'all better not come in.
4: What? Why? What happened?
1: Come on. Let's walk down the street. It's about Mr. Kerrigan.
4: Mr. Was he died or something?
1: Worse. He's lived.
4: Oh, oh, well, then, (laughs) that's good. Oh,
1: no, it ain't. He didn't wait for the wedding and say goodbye to Maggie or Nothing. Just got his wagon and lift.
4: What about his cats?
1: She sold them all last night. Gave him over $600. Why, you never seen so many men buying cats in <laughs> all your life.
4: How's she taking it? Oh,
1: all right. Every time she feels bad, she counts her money again. Her money? Sure. She sold those cats for $15 a piece. Made over $300 for herself.
4: What? <laughs> Why, that's marvelous. <laughs> Charlene. What? You come on with me. I'll buy you that drink I promised you.
1: Why, Mr. Kendall.
5: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Frontier Gentlemen was produced and directed by Anthony Ellis. Tonight's script was written by Tom Handley. and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Martha Wentworth, Charlotte Lawrence, Joseph Kearns, Barney Phillips, and Harry Bartell. Join us again next week for another report from The Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking.